Welcome back to the Half Court Heap, and today we have episode four, and we're going to be doing the NFL once again. So we talked about the NBA last time, but I've been really looking forward to talk about the NFL because a lot of things happened. And let's start with Fournette signing with the Bucks. He was on my fantasy team. I drafted him high because I thought Jags offense, there's nobody else for them to give the ball to. Fournette's going to be a workhorse back. If they want to win games, that's the way to do it. Then out of nowhere, they cut him, which I just didn't expect. And obviously, he goes and signs with the Bucks and that loaded offense, which is just insane. And now he won't get any touches. But that's a different story for another day. But I just feel like now they got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, LaShawn McCoy, and Fournette with the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady and Bruce Arians as the head coach. That team is stacked. And uh, what do you guys think about the situation? Yeah, actually, when I saw that Fournette was cut, the first thing that came to my mind was Bucks. Bucks are going to get him. Because I completely forgot about the Sean McCoy signing, actually. But um, I thought Fournette would be a nice fit there. Because now, considering it, Shady, uh, like LaShawn McCoy, he is like an elusive back, you know, probably gets some catches and, you know, maybe like I'd expect six, seven yards. Fournette's like a big back. Like he's a strong guy. He'll truck through and run, run through people. He's a downhill runner. So I think he's a really good fit for their running scheme. And I think this gives a lot of versatility to their offense because they have two different unique backs. They have Mike Evans, who's a big receiver. You have Chris Godwin, who's like, who can fit in the slot. And did you say Deshaun Jackson's on their team as well? Uh, no, I said Gronk, but... Oh, Gronk, sorry, yeah. And Gronk, you have a great tight end. And then Cameron Brait, you also have... O.J. Howard? O.J. Howard, yeah, they have so many tight ends. Um, and then in the draft, they drafted Tristan Wirfs in the first round, the tackle out of Iowa. You know, the offensive line got better. It's going to be really cool to see what Fournette, Fournette's role is going to be in this offense and how all these new pieces are going to work. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that a ridiculous offense just got, like, even more insane. I don't even know what to say. It's Yeah, I mean, what w- what can you say, like, Leonard Fournette to the Bucks. I mean, he he was a he was a really solid running back with the Jags, um, and I, I don't think that I I definitely did not see this coming um, that they that they would cut him. Uh, was there like a reason associated with it? Um, honestly, uh, honestly, they were saying it's some like uh, locker room problems that he had with the coach. But all the superstars on that Jags team, whether it be Calais Campbell, who everyone likes, and Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye. It's just like, it seems like everyone's having problems with the coach. And at that point, it's not the player's fault. It's Doug Marone's fault and the organization's problem, in my opinion. But uh, didn't mean to cut you off there, Paul. But No, no, no. I mean, I, yeah, no, I was asking. I thought, no, no, no. I mean, I think 100%. This, this team is, is getting ridiculous. Um, that's a really good point, Akil, about um, the changes that they made, adding another tackle, um, just, to, you know, even more protection for Tom Brady. And that's when he, he plays best. Obviously. That's when most people play best when they got a lot of time, but Brady specifically because he's such a pocket passer, um, like putting, putting a great running back, putting um, more like putting better talent on the offensive line. That's just going to elevate Brady's game. Um, and that's going to elevate the passing game. Uh, yeah. This, this Bucks team is looking even more scary. As a Falcons fan, it's just frustrating to watch though. Cause like first they, we thought, Oh, the Jameis Winston's going to be the QB for next season. They're going to be trash once again will compete for second place in the NFC South to the Saints. Then they get Tom Brady, and they're just like, okay, the Bucks improved a lot. There's still a chance. And then they get Gronk, and now Fournette. They're just getting more and more stacked every single day. They're building a super team. 
down in the NFC. And I don't know how that's going to work out because, like, obviously they'll be a good team, but super teams really haven't been heard of in the NFL. That's more of an NBA thing, starting with the Heat than the Warriors. But uh, how do you think it's going to work out? Do you think all this talent in one place is going to clog up touches and it's not going to work out like it did for the Browns? Or do you think this is a completely different situation and success will be a result of it? I think this will be different from the Browns because if you look at the Browns, they had a lot of young guys. Um, I forgot who their head coach was. Was it Freddie Kitchens? Yep. Past year? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Freddie Kitchens, not an experienced coach, uh, head coach, uh, if I remember correctly. Mayfield, new to the league, less than three years in the league. Odell, you know, I would he's still not there yet at, at like his peak potential. Jarvis, yeah, I'd say, you know, if Jarvis Landry is the most experienced player on your offense, I think, you know, that comes to say that like, your offense is not that experienced because Jarvis Landry has been in the league for five years now. And you compare to the Bucks, they have Tom Brady, who is greatest quarterback of all time, many would say. You have Bruce Arians, the quarterback guru, and also an experienced head coach taking the Cardinals to the playoffs. You have Rob Gronkowski, who's an experienced tight end. He's worked with a very strict head coach, yet somehow got along for as long as he did and won Super Bowls there. You have LaShawn McCoy in the backfield, who – Experienced running back has done many things on many different teams. Who else? They have uh, this, the guy that just came in, Leonard Fournette. You know, again, he's a little new. Mike Evans. Yeah, I wouldn't say that Leonard Fournette's a very experienced player. I think that he's yeah. definitely on the younger side. But that's good in an experienced team. You need guys right. who are young and have a lot of energy. Yeah, I just think it's good balance. I think it's kind of funny how, you know, people used to go to New England to go ring chase. But now they're coming to Tampa just because Tom Brady's there, just kind of ignoring Bill Belichick. Like, there are reports that the Pats were interested in signing um, for ignored him and chose to sign with the Bucks. which is kind of interesting how people view playing under Belichick versus playing with Brady. They see the situation as being two different things. And uh, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, they're yeah. going to be successful down there in Tampa with a stacked offense, and defense isn't too bad either. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to realize that up on the up on the field, the players are catching passes from Brady, not Belichick. Um, and and even though in actuality Belichick might have the bigger impact on winning games because he's got control over the defense, I think from a player's perspective, it makes a lot. It makes more sense to go with Brady, you know, um, yeah. because because you know how you're gonna improve with him. You know, with Belichick, maybe he'll do what's best for the team and minimize your role. Um, but with Brady, like, you know that you're going to get a, a ton of dots, um, a ton of great passes coming your way. Right. And I think specifically in Fournette's case, and this could apply to others, but Fournette, when you look at New England and Tampa, you when you look at New England, you see everyone just left and you have pretty much Belichick left from your core in your dynasty. And Belichick is known for being a zero-nonsense guy, straight-to-the-point win games. And then you look at Tampa, you see some guys that were, like, near your draft class and around your college days and Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. And then you see an experienced back in LaShawn McCoy. You see the greatest quarterback of all time that you're going to be sitting in the backfield next to and in, like, offensive rooms with, talking with. You can just learn so much from there, more than you can just learn from Belichick in New England. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But uh, I think another thing we have to look at is the Jags aspect of this because, like, I understand that if players conflicting with a coach, you want to trade him, much like Darius Slay and Matt Patricia in Detroit. 
But at the same time, when there's so many people you're trying to trade because of the coach, at some point you have to fire the coach, especially when he's not winning games. Like, why do you think they're not? He's not gone yet. Right. I think one thing is, um, I don't, I haven't heard much about the locker room stuff, so I actually didn't think about that up until now. But I was thinking the, you know, waving Fournette was pretty much because of their tanking scheme, which they're going to do this year. If you look at their offense and defense, everyone's gone. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew isn't the best quarterback. They're looking to tank this year. And I think knowing Marone is a bad coach, even though he'd be super bad for like team chemistry and maybe even play like a negative impact in the future, they're keeping him knowing he's not going to do much. He's not someone that's going to make us go 10 and six with this roster. So they're just tanking at this point. What do you think, Paul? Well, I'm not sure what they're doing because I, I thought that it didn't I thought that it didn't make any sense to just cut Fournette. Um because I thought that when when initially when I saw that he got cut, the only thing I was thinking of like, oh my gosh, like did he like do something wrong? Like did he commit a crime or mm-hmm. like like yeah, like was there like some domestic abuse? Like did they cut him like because of misbehavior? Um and I mean, but that's not what it was. It was like quote unquote like locker room issues like come on and i i think i think it was a little bit ridiculous that they that they um cut him and they didn't trade him i mean at least if you're not going to trade him for like a couple of young players then why didn't you trade him for picks uh it it just cutting him just didn't make a lot of sense to me um so i i don't have much to say about that and maybe that's indicative of you know a lack of like a lack of intelligence in the in the organization uh like you know yeah the lack of intelligence the organization and i think you can kind of see that with the moves that they've made in the past couple of years yeah i'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant here because there's so many points to make you had a team going to the afc championship in that 2017 2018 year whatever whatever it was you were up against the pats you had such a good defense and you could have kept all those players yannick yannick Ningakwe, or however you pronounce his name, um, Calais Campbell, A.J. Boye, Jalen Ramsey. You had all of these studs, but then you just, like, traded them away for basically nothing, and you're not – you're in the middle of rebuilding when you had a team that was so close to going to the Super Bowl. You just trade them all away just because, you know, you say there's locker room problems, but that can't happen for every single person. We know you're just trying to rebuild, and you're trying to make it – so the fans just, you know, take it – easily and you give an excuse to the fans on why you're trading them like I heard um the owner of the marlins or the gm of the marlins said on the pat mcafee show like teams do that quite often they just make up schemes so the fans are you know confident in their gm or whatever whenever they're trading him they provide a reason and i feel like that's what the jacks are doing they're trading away all their studs and they're not getting picks they're just trying to tank for trevor lawrence and that's not the way you do it because unlike the nba where one player can change your team that's not the case in the nfl i mean gardner Minshew, i think he's a ryan fitzpatrick level quarterback he's a high level backup but i understand he's not a you know franchise quarterback but still you had a really solid team just keep that team and keep trying to win there's no need to just trade all of your superstars just to you know try to get Trevor Lawrence and get some more ticket sales. There's no reason for that. You can win right now, and why don't they just do it? It's just really frustrating to me to see a team in the NFL do that, where you want to see every team be good and do as well as they can just to make it more competitive. But when you got an owner like Shad Khan, who's been you know writing stuff like this slide and being tolerant with both the GM and the coach, 
I just think, I don't know, it's just frustrating for me to see. But uh, unless you guys have any other thoughts, do you guys have any other thoughts? Um, just that, you know, I, the moves the Jaguars are making recently, I was just thinking, like, this Ngakwe trade, they traded a second-round pick. I mean, sorry, they got a second-round pick and a conditional fifth, which could be valued up to a third. But honestly, if you're rebuilding for the future, I'd assume you'd want first-round picks. And I don't know what they're thinking in these, like, cuts and deals, like Akshay said. They've, they've got a culture problem there because this Nagakwe guy, he took $6 million less to go play with the Vikings. Like, he could have got paid $18 million or something with the Jags. Now he's getting paid $12 million with the Vikings. And Fournette, they're still paying him his salary. It's not like they, just because they cut him, they're not going to pay him his salary. But because the Bucks are paying him like under $5 million or whatever, the Jags are still entitled to pay him the $3.4 million they owe him. So they're not saving cap space. There's just no reason to make this trade or this cut to whatever. Oh. It's, it's just their tanking mindset, trying to get rid of all their good players, I'd assume. Yeah, tanking doesn't work in the NFL, at least from what I think. Like, the Browns were bad for 20 years, and I don't think they were trying to be bad. They were just not a good team. But when you're tanking in the NBA, that makes sense because one player, you get a Zion, he can change your franchise. But if you get Nick Bosa, like, I know T elevated them, but even if you get a high overall draft pick, he's not going to change your entire team. It's just a waste of years, four-year franchise, in my opinion. But I don't know. Yeah, I agree with Akshay. And that's the difference between the NFL and the NBA. Um, one player never really turns around your your team unless it's at the quarterback position. Then then one player really can't have an insane impact. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. It's, the Jags have just been irrational and erratic um, for the past couple of years. Yeah, I was just frustrated because like, I really liked that Jags team. Like That year, I was a fan of them. Like, I'm not a Falcon, like, not as much as I was a Falcons fan, but I still like that team. And just to see him blow it up is kind of disappointing. But uh, let's move on to another, you know, borderline team. Mitchell Trubisky was just named the starter for the Chicago Bears probably yesterday. And uh, I personally don't think that's the right decision. I think they're just doing that because so Ryan Pace, the GM, and Matt Nagy, they're trying to save themselves and give them, uh, give Trubisky as many chances as possible because they realize. They picked him ahead of Watson. They picked him ahead of Mahomes, too. And it's just like, once you name Foltz a starter, you're declaring that you made the wrong decision and that basically you're a failure and they'll get fired. So just like, they're trying to save their own jobs here. And it's just not the right decision for the team. It's just the right decision for them, in my opinion. I agree. That's what it looks like to me also. Or maybe, but I doubt this. It could be that Foles lost to Trubisky in training camp battles. Like Trubisky said, he's coming in with this new mindset like, oh, they brought in someone else. Like, I'm going to work even harder. But again, I doubt that Foles lost to Trubisky. I just think Nagy and Pace are trying to keep their jobs. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing is, if you need someone else to motivate you to work hard when you play for an NFL team, like, what are you doing? Like, that doesn't that does not that is not an indicator of your success in the NFL, um, that you're going to be a great player. Um, I agree with you 100. This is this is a this is a saving face kind of move, um, and it's and it's interesting. Like in in, in the finance market, um, like like in the stock market specifically, one of the things that you don't want to do that a lot of people do do is when you is when you buy like you purchase an investment, um, and in this case, the investment is Mitchell Trubisky. You purchase an investment 
and the investment goes poorly, you're losing a lot of money. And so what you do is, is instead of cutting your losses um, and, se- and selling your stock or whatever, you just keep on putting more money into the stock in hopes that one day it'll rebound and, and, you, and you'll be able to get over this, this detrimental matter. Um, and, and that's exactly what these guys are doing. Um, and I think, yeah, that's an awful move for the team because he's just going to hurt them. For me, it's counterintuitive because you're trying to save your jobs and you do that by making the team better, not by, you know, putting everything into one player. They could have traded for or signed Cam Newton over the offseason. They just decided not to do that. He was a free agent for 84 days. But instead, they just kept riding with Mitchell Trubisky and kind of put in a player he may or may not beat and traded for Nick Foles, who, you know, the Jags gave up. But that's another story. Um I'm just saying, like, they had a chance to sign Cam Newton to make this team better and to save their jobs in that way. Because I think we saw the Bears defense a couple of years ago with the right quarterback. This team has the possibility to be a playoff team. But uh, I don't know. Do you guys – what do you think their ceiling is if they had the right quarterback? I would say if all goes – like, I'll just put Cam Newton in there. If Cam Newton – sorry, actually, no. I'll just say if Trubisky were to live up to his hype, I remember, like, in his second year, like, the second half of the season, he threw, like, a bunch of touchdowns, and he went ballistic. Like, yeah. if if Trubisky were to play like that constantly, I think even their ceiling then would be, like, divisional round and competing with the Packers and Vikings because that's such a good division. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if they had a legit quarterback, um, divisional round, AF, NFC, NFC championship, um, yeah, that, that's where I'd put their ceiling as. Um, but it's like if you don't have a good quarterback, then the the entire um, offensive side of the ball, you know, it, it, it's gone to crap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, and you can see that, you know, in like I guess one example would be like in Carolina, even when you have an absolute beast in Christian McCaffrey, if you don't have a guy who can throw the ball, like you're going to lose games and there's nothing that you can do about it. Um yeah, I feel like skill-wise, Nick Foles and um, Mitch Trubisky, I think Foles is better, but I don't think it's a huge difference. But uh, the way they get the teams to play, we saw the difference between Foles and Wentz. Wentz is the better quarterback, but Foles motivates the team better. I think Foles is a better leader than Trubisky, too, has confidence issues within himself. You can't be a leader if you're doubting yourself. And I just think, like, with Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion, I know you guys were saying, you know, bottom of the playoffs, but... With, with Mitch, they are going to be a 7-9 and nine team, 6-10, and 10, around that area, maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. But with Nick Foles, I think they're making the divisional round or some wild card or divisional round, probably around there. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, again, well, the division has to be taken into perspective. Such a good, like, division there. <laughs> Playing in Lambeau Field is so scary. And then the Vikings, you know, you think, oh, they just lost Everson Griffin. That's a little relief to me, but then they just got someone better in Yannick Ngakwe for a bag of chips. So they're just like <laughs> honestly on the rise. Um I would I would disagree a little bit. I, I don't I don't want to hype up this division too much because when you think about it, you're saying the Lions are on the rise, but the Packers are on the decline. Um like the fact that you're drafting a quarterback when you got Aaron Rodgers instead of addressing just the massive weaknesses on in literally every position except quarterback um in literally every position except quarterback on the packers there there's massive weaknesses um and instead of addressing that you you try to fix the one thing that you've got going for you 
Um, I, I think I think the Packers are on a serious decline. I think they're going to struggle. Um, yeah, because it's like Aaron Rodgers is as amazing as he is. Like you can't just expect him to patch up every hole that you have on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Yes, um, which is which is how they like to play. Apparently, speaking of you know that division, I think it's time we move into our division winners and picks. So uh, we'll kind of like go through each division. I'll do the NFC North. Paul will do the NFC South. Akil will do the NFC East. And we'll just kind of see what the flow about the NFC West and who wants to take that one. But uh, yeah, starting with the NFC North, my pick is going to be the Vikings. And I'm taking the Packers as a wild card team for, from, for this division. Because I just feel like the Vikings last year, they really stepped up their game. They got the locker room cancer and Stefan Diggs out of there. They got Justin Jefferson as a new wide receiver one. I know they lost their offensive coordinator, but like I don't think it's going to be that big of a blow. They improved their defense. Kirk Cousins has a Kirk, Kirk Cousins, my bad, has another year in the kind of system. I think they're going to really take a step up and they're going to win this division. And the Packers, I know they were the division winners last year. I think they were, or was it the Vikings? It doesn't matter. But either way, they got worse. They lost Blake Martinez and other key pieces of their defense. They drafted Jordan Love, which is the most idiotic thing I've ever done by the GM, Brian Gutekunst, or however you pronounce his stupid name. It's just like they're such a dumb organization for not getting a, even a wide receiver in any aspect of the draft. They drafted um, A.J. Dillon out of Boston College in like the third round or something when they already have Aaron Jones. The GM there is just a stooge. He, doesn't, he has no idea what he's talking about. But at the end of the day, they still got Aaron Rodgers. He's so talented. So I think they're going to take the wild card spot. But um, you got the Lions and Bears, who we just talked about. I don't think they're that much of, you know, studs. They're no threat to the Vikings and Packers, who are the two teams to watch for in that division. But uh, what do you guys think? Who's going to take this, the Vikings or the Packers? I agree. I think uh, it's, it's going to be Vikings. You know, Packers, if they were to do more in the draft, I definitely think they could have, you know, taken the throne. But Vikings, you know, they're just working off the Packers like – negative moves uh those there was a really dumb draft i agree got rid of stefan diggs yeah you brought up everything a bears lions is not much of a threat i could i agree i could see the packers as a wild card spot but i also see the vikings winning by you know honestly three games i could see the vikings going like 11 and 5 12 and 4 and the packers only going like 9 and 7 yeah i agree well i agree to an extent i agree that vikings are going to win the division um, I think the Packers, I, I think what it'll look like is nobody in that division except for the Vikings are making the playoffs. I don't think the Packers are going to make the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers, as great as he is, like, if, if, you, if you have massive holes on the defensive side of the ball, like, you know that Aaron Rodgers doesn't play defense, right? Like, he can't, like, I think, I think the GM thinks that Aaron will just, like, start playing safety or something and they'll be able to win games. Like, no, you can't. Um, I, I don't I think that they'll win, will will win some games just because Aaron Rodgers will will them to it, um, but they're I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think the Vikings are the only team that make the playoffs. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think that Vikings the only one. I think a dark horse for me from this division is uh, the Lions, who I talked about briefly and said they weren't a threat, but. Uh... Matt Stafford played really well before he got injured last year, and they drafted Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State, who's supposed to be a lockdown corner. I just think they have a lot of potential. I don't think this is the year they put it together, but uh, that's my team to watch for from this division, in my opinion. I yeah, agree. I agree. Yep. So, another uh, thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, quickly, before we move on to the next division, another thing that I wanted to bring up, the Vikings had a really good draft, too. Um, 
first round, they picked Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, filling in Stephon Diggs' void. They pick up Jeff Gladney uh, with the 31st pick. And if I'm correct, that replaced Trey Waynes if he left. And then in the second round, they took Ezra Cleveland, tackle out of Boise State, who I actually really liked. Because even though no one watches Boise State, like before the draft, I was looking at all the offensive linemen. And Ezra Cleveland looked like someone who's a nice second-round pickup. And then I'm looking at the rest of their draft. They drafted so much defense. They drafted cornerback, edge, defensive end, linebacker, cornerback, safety, defensive end, safety. So much everywhere. And I think that their defensive depth is going to prove so beneficial to them that, honestly, the offense won't have to worry too much. Because if you look at it, Packers defense is nothing that you have to worry about. But the Packers offense is something you will have to because, you know, I mean, you'll have to worry about. But again, if you have this much defensive talent, you can game plan very well and then still beat them. And I think that same thing applies for the Lions and Bears. Um, Their offense is not the greatest thing. You can beat them with their defense. And then their defenses are... You know, Bears really good defense. I think their offense can get it done though. The Vikings offense and Lions defense, trash. The only thing I'm worried about is like with COVID nineteen, continuity is going to be a big thing, and they're going to be stepping into a new offense. So I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, the Vikings are going to be stepping into a new offense with Kevin Stefanski going to Cleveland. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know how big of a factor it's going to play. But um, how about we can move on to the NFC South now? And Paul, you want to take us away? Yeah, I'm thankful that you gave me an easy one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. Bucks are winning it. Um, maybe we see, maybe we see the Saints um, also snag a playoff spot, even though the Bucks get the division. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think that there's much of any other way to argue it. Of course, as a Falcons fan, I'm I'm dying for the Falcons to do something. Maybe snag a playoff spot. Um, realistically, I don't really see it happening. Um, and I guess I guess the only way to look at this is that Bucks are taking the division. Saints have a good chance to make the playoffs in a wild card. Uh, I'm gonna have to disagree actually because I think Saints are gonna win the division. Bucks are gonna get the wild card because Saints, when you look at them, they got the continuity that the Bucks just continuity. My bad that the Bucks just don't have because Tom Brady with this whole off season and virtual meetings, he hasn't had the on field time to connect with his wide receivers and the other weapons and with Fournette coming in new and. Evans and Godwin really haven't had the time to, you know, get to know Tom Brady and know where he likes the ball or where he puts the ball, how the ball comes out of his hand. I think that's a g- really a big thing for this team because they just, like, they have all this talent. And I think they're going to struggle a little bit out of the gate. They may do better than the Saints in the postseason. But I think when we're talking about the regular season itself, the Saints are going to have the better record overall for me just because they have um, – with this whole COVID season, they have players coming back, which the Bucks don't, in my opinion. But uh, what do you think, Akil? Yeah, I see. I see both of your opinions, or sorry, like views occurring. I could see um, the Bucks winning or the Saints winning, but I personally think the Saints will win. Uh, exactly with what Akshay said. You know, they've all that whole team has pretty much already been a team this past year, while the Bucks, you know, they just got together, and I think COVID nineteen plays a plays a big role in that. Uh, I really like what Akshay said about how they're going to struggle out of the gate. I also agree with that. But I think, you know, towards the latter end of the season, like maybe like week 12 and onwards, then the Bucks can really show, you know, we're now a team and we're doing really well. But I think Saints win. Um, Bucks can easily secure a wild card, uh, easily secure a wild, wild card spot being in the NFC. 
Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, those are those are important points for sure. Not to degrade the Falcons, however, you know, I don't really want to call them a dark horse, but I really like the Fal- uh, really like the Falcons, and I could see them taking the wild card over the Bucks if the Bucks really struggle with building chemistry, considering they're a completely new team. But again, you know, Bucks have so much firepower. So I don't know. It's it's yeah. going to be interesting to see. I'm going to be honest. Like I'm a Falcons fan, but there's just no way we get the wild card spot. Like this division's too talented. The NFC is too talented. We'll get into who I think the other wild card teams are a little bit later. But like the Falcons, Dan Quinn, I hate him as a coach. He should be fired out of here. Tom Stamitroff, maybe one more year he can stay. But like I just, there's no way we're going to make the wild card in my opinion. Right, right. Dang, harsh words from Akshay, but uh, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, Kill, you want to go for the NFC East? I know that's your division. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start from the bottom up. I'm going to say Washington football team is dead last. I think they have so many things besides football that's been going on this offseason that they have to worry about and that they haven't been able to focus on, you know, the throwing the ball and, you know, catching the ball aspect of the game as much as they wanted to. <laughs> So I think they're dead last. They're going to go like two and 14 giants, you know, again, a rebuilding year. It's, it sucks to watch, but like, it it can be nice for them. I think they're a team. um, They're going to go like six and 10, eight and eight around that area. Nothing competing for a wild card though. I, I wish I could see that, but I don't, I really, really, really don't know who to pick between Cowboys and Eagles. Because Cowboys, you have a new head coach, Mike McCarthy, and I honestly thought that um, Aaron Rodgers carried him in his career in Green Bay, even though Mike McCarthy is a very good coach. I just, you know, I want to see the Cowboys doing good because I want to say, like, Dak Prescott has the motivation to play even better for a contract contract extension. Uh, You know, CeeDee Lamb is going to be great for them, a really threatening offense. But at the same time, the Eagles have, you know, been together much longer. You've seen constant success from them. So I don't know who to pick. I think it's going to come down to week 16, 17 area if they play each other around that time. I haven't seen their schedules. But I think it's going to be like a last season thing and they fight for a wild card. So uh, I'm going to go ahead since my hot take is kind of like I said that the Cowboys were the best team in the NFC. And I know that might not be the case with the Saints and the Bucks and teams like that, the Niners with the Super Bowl last year. But when you look at this team, it's just so stacked. Dak at QB, Zeke at running back. Then you got Cooper, Gallup, and CD Lamb, who I think is the second best wide receiver in the draft. Um, the offense is just so stacked, too. You, uh, you got the offensive line, which you know I didn't mention yet. But with that offense, Mike McCarthy is going to figure out how to utilize it, unlike Jason Garrett did, who you know all he did was clap. That's the meme. But uh, I think Mike McCarthy is a really good coach because if you take away his last two seasons in Green Bay where he kind of was on the decline, he had one losing season in all of his years, which was his third year in the league. But I just think, yeah, he's a really good coach. He's going to bring this team up to par. When you look at the defense, you got people like Demarcus Lawrence, Don Terry Poe, Everson Griffin, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch, Xavier Woods, Trayvon Diggs. You just got studs everywhere on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. And with a good coach in Mike McCarthy – who doesn't just clap. I think they're going to put together and they will be the best team in the NFC this year. And they're my Super Bowl pick. Oh, wow. I think, I think, I think that take is, is ice cold. I think that take is ice cold. That is 
no no way ever just are the are the, are the Cowboys going to be the best team in the NFC out of the three out of the three players that you mentioned the first three players that you mentioned or out of the first five players that you mentioned three of them have already been on the team Dak and Zeke have been on the team for the past three years and besides their rookie seasons nothing has happened Amari a great Amari's a great player no doubt about it um, and he definitely elevated the team last year. And C.D. Lamb is a great acquisition, but still, absolutely not. Um, Dak is – I don't think that Dak is out to prove anything. I think that you guys said, like, oh, he'll be playing for a contract extension. I mean, this man was already asking for, like, an absurd amount of money mm-hmm. before before play in the season has even started. I think – I don't know what happened to him, like, when he transitioned from such, like, a fourth-round humble kid, like, just trying to do his best, like, in the NFL, to, like, thinking that – He's a stud, which he's not. Um, I, I, I do not, I do not know what happened to him. Um, but he, he is, he is not. I, I don't. I'm hesitant to say he's not a franchise quarterback. But he's not nearly. He's not even close to a guy like, um, like obviously Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, Aaron. He, he is not near that upper echelon of QB. Um, I, I'd say a guy like Daniel Jones is is better than him. You know, um, and. I know that Akil likes. I, I Akil just like it's uh, like ah, oh, like a, a beautiful guy. Like he's like wow, Paul, like you're the best. Um, yeah, like literally, the guy, a guy like Daniel Jones, his rookie season is is already better than Dak. He's just not. He's just not that good of a player, and absolutely not. They're not going to be the best team in the NFC. Um, they're not even going to be the best team in their division. The Eagles will be better. But I know what you're saying. But for me, Dak Prescott, he has. Now he has a competent head coach, right? He has another weapon in C.D. Lamb, but he has an actual head coach who you know, knows stuff about football. Jason Garrett, he managed to find a way to take such a talented team to an 8-8 eight and eight record. Like, that's hard to do. Like, I don't know. I feel like Dak Prescott, he has a good coach now who's not just going to pass the ball every time. He's actually going to give the ball to Zeke and, you know, use his talents to, you know, improve the team. But I feel like Mike McCarthy – He's such a good coach, and Jason Garrett is just the definition of an eight and eight horrible coach, worst coach in the NFL. And I feel like that transition is going to, along with a uh, contract here, like Akil mentioned, is what's going to elevate his game and put this team over the top. I think he's going to be in the MVP conversation this year. He's not my MVP, but I think he's going to be uh, spoken about in that way. I am, uh, I am appalled by uh, Akshay's take i <laughs> i like speechless yeah maybe in a in a nightmare i've had i've seen the cowboys win the super bowl or go to the super bowl but i i never thought i'd hear those words in real life you know if the nfc was built like the east in the in the nba sure i could see that easily blowing by everyone. no i still couldn't see that <laughs> up but you. but this nfc is is really good and especially considering they've gone eight and eight so many times and i know with they have a new jason coach. garrett though yeah 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 i know i know okay like, they like, do, all the right, all right. their rookie season with jason garrett they made the playoffs right so that's that's they're... what i was yeah yeah but that was one year out of how many yeah I yeah know. like four years oh, with them man. i guess but, you know, I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to take him from, like, an 8-8 eight and eight team to Super Bowl contender. I don't think Dak is that, you know, that level of a quarterback. I definitely could see him, you know, being on, like, all-pro second team. Maybe that brings him to the MVP conversation. But that I, I think that's just because of the weapons he has around him. Ezekiel Elliott, 
a really good offensive line, even though they lost Travis Frederick, a good offensive coach in Mike McCarthy. And then, you know, those three wide receivers who are impeccable at what they do. Yeah, but here's for me, when you read out like um, Mike McCarthy's record in Green Bay, he went 13 and 3 in 2007, then 6 and 10. That was the off year I was talking about. 11 and 5, 10 and 6, 15 and 1, 11 and 5, 8, 7 and 1, 12 and 4, 10 and 6, 10 and 6. Like he's been a really solid coach. And mm-hmm. I feel like a new voice to that organization because I don't know how many years Jason Garrett has been the coach, but it feels like it's been a long time, uh, nine years. I just checked. Like, once you get a new voice in there, I feel like a lot of the players are going to change and it's going to be really productive. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, just, just my thing is like, I just maybe, maybe in like year two or three with Mike McCarthy, I just don't know if it'll happen with year one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll t- we've talked a lot about the Cowboys, though. But what about the Eagles? I personally don't think they'll be a wild card team. But I know Akil said there's a chance. So what do you think, Paul? The who's going to be a wild card team? Eagles. Yes, I think there's a chance. I think Car- I we, we were talking about it on on last week how Carson Wentz could be a really strong player, um, and I agree. I think that I think that Carson Wentz could elevate them to the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's all that I really have to say on that. I think that I think that Carson Wentz can be a really a really good quarterback who can lead your team. I know that there's some questions about his leadership in terms of like like is Nick Foles a better leader than Carson? Um, but no, I think that I think that Eagles are definitely more likely than the Cowboys or anyone else in that division uh, to win the division and therefore to, to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to be the only team here, in my opinion, just because like the Eagles, they're not they don't blow me away with their talent. I mean, I don't know. I think they have a chance to compete for it, but I wouldn't say they're likely for the last wild card spot. My last wild card spot's actually going to go to the last division we haven't talked about yet yet because so far my. Packers and Bucks are my wildcard teams, and the 49ers are my last wildcard team because I see the Seahawks winning the NFC West just because they have Russell Wilson, and now they have the weapons around him with DK Metcalf another year in the offense. Tyler Lockett, we all know the stud he is. And then you get Josh Gordon, who they just signed, along with that defense with Jamal Adams being added to it. I just see the continuity really helping here once again with COVID-19. And I feel like this is their year where they're just going to beat the 49ers and really advance in the playoffs. Yeah, I think this will be a really fun year to watch the NFC West. Rams, again, so many expectations, which I don't think they'll meet. Cardinals will be cool to watch. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. 49ers, I want to see if they have, like, that Super Bowl hangover. You go, and then, like, the next year you just suck, which I don't think will be the case. I agree with Akshay. I think the Seahawks will win. I never thought Jimmy Garoppolo was a Super Bowl-type quarterback. I, I never felt like those type of vibes from him. I never thought he was that great of quarterback. And I honestly think for him to be that type of quarterback, he has to throw like high thirties, low 40 touchdowns, considering like how great of an offensive coach he has. And he has pretty good weapons there, but yeah, uh, Seahawks going to win by two, three games in that division. I could see Niners fighting for a wild card. Yeah. I I don't think that the, I don't think that the 49ers will, um, not make the playoffs. I think that I don't think the Super Bowl hangover will be like um like necessarily will will happen for them. I think that their their coaching is too good for that to happen. Um and and their and their their personnel is too good for for them to just miss the playoffs entirely even though they are they came off a bad loss, like a tough loss in the Super Bowl. Um 
yeah, I, I, I think it's a decent take um, with the 40, with the, the Seahawks winning the division, but the 49ers still getting the wild card. I think, I think it'll be a hard fought division. Um, but yeah, I don't think the 49ers will have the same season that they did last year. Uh, yeah, I say the same thing. Just because, like, the way they play, we're running the ball quite often. I don't think that's sustainable in today's NFL with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I know he did, he's not the most talented quarterback, but uh, he's a winner. I don't know how he does it, but we've seen the difference where they had, like, the number two pick without him when he was injured and going to the Super Bowl being the second best team with him when he was not injured. So I just think he makes such a big difference. But at the same time, I just feel like the way they play, I know I love Kyle, Sh- Kyle Shanahan. My God, I can't talk today, but um, I, I just feel like they're going to be the second best team behind the Seahawks because Pete Carroll is an amazing coach and Russell Wilson's my MVP this year. He's going to cop his first one, but uh, we'll see. So, Akil, you guys want to present your final take now? Akil, you can go first. Okay, yeah. So I think the Texans will miss the playoffs, and I think that's because the Colts are really good, and I think a lot of the wild card spots will be fought for in the AFC. Uh, the Jags just got a lot worse. Titans, I think, will also continue to battle for that wild card spot. Um, Texans, you know, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like some sense, like the the confidence there is just lost. And I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to be that good. I feel like he's going to make some sort of choppy move during the season that's going to affect them in a negative way. Uh, Sean Watson's going to play great, but I think he's going to be the only bright spot on that team. Yeah, I completely agree with Akil. I think the loss of D-Hop's really going to impact that offense. And I love Deshaun Watson. Thinks he's a, think he's a stud, top three quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. But I just think that with Bill O'Brien's coaching, I think coaching is a huge thing in the NFL more than any other sport just because of how many players there are and how many aspects to the game there are. But I think with his coaching, they're such an inconsistent team. I can see him going 9-7 and seven if they get lucky and making the playoffs as a wildcard team. Or going seven and nine and completely missing the playoffs. It just depends on, you know, what games swing their way. They definitely have a chance to miss the playoffs or make it, but we'll see. I think the Colts are going to win that division, but we'll get into that next week. Paul, what do you think? Any thoughts? Um, yeah, I definitely I wouldn't count the Texans out. Um, I think that Deshaun Watson is too good is too good to to, to count him out. Um, but but I do I definitely see where you're coming from. The Colts are putting together a strong team. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Paul, you want to present your last take? Uh, dude, I don't have one. I think I think I literally did not write one. But here, let me let me come. Let me, let me say one anyway, um, because because that's how I roll. Uh, my my hot take is Jack the Bucks, Jack the Saints. The Falcons are making the the Falcons are winning the division and oh. making the playoffs. And oh. let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I think that this team is is incredibly experienced. Not only are they incredibly experienced, but some of the moves that they made, getting getting a guy like AJ Terrell, I think I think that that was an incredibly underrated draft pick. Um, I know I knew that they were saying, oh, like we didn't we we were looking for better we were looking for um, better players, not AJ Terrell. We were looking for a better corner or a better safety. Um, but you know, when you, when you look at some of his clips in practice, some of the plays that he making, um, he could be an absolute game changer. Um, guys like Keanu Neal, Deion Jones coming back, uh, you know, and, and it, and it could be, it could be a, it could be a really promising season. Um, the kind the kind of season post Super Bowl when we still made the playoffs, won our first round against the Rams, then lost, um, to the Eagles who eventually won the Super Bowl. Um, I think it could be. I think it could be a promising season. 
Yeah, for me as a Falcons fan, I just like hate this take because every year I think <laughs> we have so much potential. We're going to win the division, you know, go far in the playoffs. But then every year we always disappoint. So this year I've just given up, you know, all hope and then just say, you know, Dan Quinn's a horrible coach. He needs to be out of there as soon as possible. Arthur Blank is waiting too long to pull the trigger. Get him out, bring a new guy, a new voice, and get this team rejuvenated. But at the same time, you mentioned A.J. Terrell. Yeah, anyone can be studs as practice. Like, bro, I can, like, just stand in the middle of the field and get a pick, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm the first-round draft pick for the Atlanta Falcons. It's just, it's just like, <laughs> anyone has a highlight tape. It's just whether or not they're actually good, and I just don't think he's going to be that good. The Falcons aren't going to be good. We're going to be fighting for third place in the division, and maybe fourth, the Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater kind of pull something off. We'll see. Akil, what do you think? Yeah, I think if Falcons couldn't make it in years past, I, I don't see it happening this year with better teams. Bucks have, are absolutely better. Saints are absolutely better. Couldn't make it the past two years. I don't blame it on the Falcons completely. I think they have the potential to. They might have the record, but their division is just way too okay, good. Yeah, gonna... well, you're just a hater, Akil. All right? so <laughs> I'm not going to blame it on the division. Yeah. I'm going to blame it completely on the Falcons because you have the talent. And it's not like you're only losing the teams in the division. You're losing the teams out of the division, too. Why can't we be good? It's just so frustrating to me. And I think it starts with Dan Quinn. Get him out of here. I do not like him as a coach. I've said that numerous times so far on this pod. But, like, I don't know. It's just so frustrating to see a team with so much talent that I like so much just disappoint every year. So now I'm just down with them. And I'm always going to be a Falcons fan, but don't have the same expectations I usually have. So, uh I don't know. I feel like this is a good place to wrap up the podcast. Um, yeah, so share this with anyone you think might like sports. We'll see. And give us some feedback. You know us in person. So, uh, yeah, see you guys.